<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it gets done, doesn't it? It gets done. Hey, it's BT with Tales from the Gemini. Let's get right to it. My guest is ready and waiting for me, so we are click him on Malik. And my guest for today is the lovely, the talented Jackie Marin. I was so excited that I went to bed late last night trying to prep for you, and then I and then I I got up and I got my uh, a yoga in because of you. I got my yoga and then I got my bike ride in and then I cut the yard and I was just thinking Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. I love it. I and, love it. And also, and we're gonna get to everything else, but let me tell you something. You know, is you on your own are incredible. I was looking you up and I'll be the first person to say like, okay, yeah, Jackie. And I met you at the MotoGP after party a couple of years ago. And wow. I mean, beautiful. But the thing about you is and I've lived in LA is that your insight, your inner presence, your inner beauty is even more effervescent than your outer beauty. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, because I know how it is. I've been to L.A. before, and I know all this and that, you know. But it's just, when you talk to you, you know you're real. And I feel, you think that, seriously, do you think that comes because your parents, uh, you're the first generation Hispanic family that, you know, to live in America? And you think that's the reason why? Because you're so grounded, and you talk to me. You don't. You didn't have to, because I know how annoying I can be, especially in a situation like that. But you're just so grounded and so down to earth. And you think you think that's the reason why you think? You are so sweet. Thank you. First of all, that was very kind. Um, you know, my parents just raised me and my sisters really well. I'm a, I mean, I'm not a parent myself, so I don't know how hard it is and how tough it is, but I uh, kind of applaud them. All of us are pretty well-rounded girls. And, uh, you know, my parents didn't have much growing up in their childhood and they just kind of gave us a, uh, they, they showed us a lot of, uh, you know, good characteristics and personal traits. You know, my dad, my, both my parents grew up in Mexico and my dad and, uh, moved to East LA. And I mean, if you know where East yes. LA is, it's a hood. I, I performed so, in East uh, LA. I, I performed there. Trust me. I know all about East LA. I, I got there like whew, a couple of times. <laughs> seriously. Right? Yes. Like, okay. Happy to be getting out of this place alive. No, seriously. Um, it's, it's a rough area. And, you know, my dad would take us through there from time to time and just kind of show us and be like, Hey, that's the house I grew up on. I had a couple fights on that lawn. And then me and my, you know, buddy had to scrap this person, like, you know, just yes. the whole day. And you love hearing those stories, especially my dad's stories. He's a storyteller. He's the greatest. So hearing those stories, I think you just kind of like, wow, like I live a good life and my parents raised us well. And, you know, so, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Um, but yeah, I have to give thanks to my parents for. <laughs> yeah, no, but, th but that's the truth, though. And, and like, I'm not, I mean, I, I don't kiss ass on it. I just tell the truth because I could say it because I've met you. I, you know, it's not like I'm saying it from afar because I met you and you didn't have to. And you took the time. And that's why I say that. But where in East L.A. did he grow up at? Where did East L.A.? Um, I mean, I'm not too sure the exact uh, location, but um, in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 so can you scrap if need be? Can, can you scrap? You know what? Um, I've never actually, I'm like, I've never gone in a fight, but me and my sisters, we've, uh, especially me and my oldest sister, we butt head so much. Jen. Yeah. She's a little, she's a little off her rock. El loco. She's a loco. Little, yeah. She's like typical Hispanic Latina, just kind of very passionate kind of aggressive so yeah me and her butt heads a little bit so but i would say yeah i, I could get scrappy i think <laughs> <laughs> but but don't touch the face don't touch the face that's no, what I, not yeah. touch the face D just hit the stomach hit the stomach hit, hit, yes. go for the body work the body don't touch you, the face you know the drill yes <laughs> because it's la you don't want to you don't hit anybody in the face you just hit them in the stomach, kick them in the knee, but don't touch the face. This yeah. is the moneymaker. This is the moneymaker. Me, me and my sisters actually have that rule. We know that. We're like, hey, one of the faces is about to go down, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Totally kidding. But, but 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 I I got that from watching a little I watched a little bit of the Tequila Sisters just to get a you know a, a little background 
And I like that. Like I said, I think it's because, and I think it's you're right. And that's the good stereotype. We talk about stereotypes being negative, but the stereotype with the Hispanic family. And I know because like, honestly, my roommate's girlfriend now is Hispanic and she stays with us. And we, and it was funny. We were talking about, we were talking about that just today. And it's that the good stereotype of the family. And it's true with the Hispanic family. And they're always so grounded in family. And it's like, I've never met anybody that act like they're better than anybody. It's always like, that that sense of just like everybody's the same, you treat everybody the same unless they treat you bad, and then that's when it's on, like Donkey Kong. But other than that, it's that family, and I love that. I've always loved that. I've always had an inkling for Latin women anyway, but but I also love that the, the family, that stereotype of the family, which is true. Yeah. No, absolutely. My parents, you know, they kind of always uh, instilled in us that family is first, and, you know, my sisters were going to be, I have three sisters, they're going to be my best friends for the rest of my life. So. Yes. Yes, you know, that's that's what it is. Me and my sisters are so close. I was with all them yesterday. We celebrated Mother's Day early yesterday. So uh, fun. we all went up to L.A. and it's a little hectic up there still, but uh, it's coming back to life. And uh, yeah, all is good. Everyone's happy and healthy. So that's that's all you can wish for, you know, of course. Now, is, is your uh, parents still are they in Mexico City now? Uh, so my dad goes back and forth to Mexico. His uh-huh. business is out there and that's where he works. But no, my mom's out here all, you know all of us live out here so now, now yeah. what now what exactly did you grow up where did you grow up exactly so i was born in los angeles okay. los angeles county okay um and grew up in orange county in this small little beach town called surfside i know Literally. where surfside is yes, you know? yes. okay so yes. yeah little beach town it's a private beach I, the best childhood ever i mean we would like just mob around our little like beach community with our crew and our like razor scooter, <laughs> we thought we were so badass, and we just ran that teeny little town. And yeah, me and my sister Lauren were actually talking about this the other day. We saw, I think we were running around some Costco's or something. We saw blow up mattresses. We we're like, remember we used to buy those and take them out in the ocean. And my parents would literally, you know, just check up on us on the beach and then walk back into the house and then come back out every like. I'm like, how did we survive our childhood? We were like reckless. But yeah, we would take blow up mattresses out into the Pacific Ocean <laughs> and wide, ride the waves. Blow up time. mattresses. Blow up mattresses in the middle of Pacific Ocean thinking, ah, they'll be okay. Right? <laughs> Literally, I'm like, that's wild to me. Like, I would never let my kids do that. But yeah, we had fun. That's great parenting right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> any kid falls off that's it but could you guys swim could y'all swim yeah we could swim Come well on. you never well you never know man i mean <laughs> you never know, but like i mean i don't think my mom would throw me out in the ocean and be like all right well practice for swimming <laughs> trial by fire trial by fire i feel like i saw my life flash before my eyes a couple times you know when the waves take you down you get stuck under the mattress you're yes like, yeah oh my heck. god that's great that's yeah, we- great Cheap thrills, you know. I guess the mattress wasn't that cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so did you? When growing up, did you have a? Were you active in any sports or anything? Like, did you personally do any sports? So I was a ballerina growing up. I did ballet, tap, jazz. Um, I w- didn't really. I did cheer, cheer for a little bit when I was in high school. The cr- cool girls did cheerleading. So. Oh no! Can, can you still do it? Can you still? Okay. You know what? Surfside mattresses. That's my past life. I'll keep that there. <laughs> yeah. I was a little flyer that they would throw up in the air, though. Uh-huh. And uh, one time my dad came to one of my practices and they dropped me. But that was like a <laughs> He literally walked on the mat and grabbed me out of there and said, you're not doing cheer anymore. Like, get back to ballet class or whatever. So, yeah. I. Uh, Why did they drop you? Thing. Why did they drop you? Like, what happened? happens they toss these teeny little girls up in the air and sometimes you know oh my shoelace is undone <laughs> okay, now barbara's on the floor over here because you forgot to catch her <laughs> and so dad came in and said all right you're done and yeah you're, and that was it my dad is like so protective of us so he was so strict i mean he still is um, of course so yeah, with four daughters, I guess it's like we had three three muy caliente daughters. Why? Yeah, four. Oh my God, that's a uno dos cuatro cuatro muy caliente señoras. Of course, he's gonna be that way. I mean, I'd be the same way too. As a matter of fact, if if you were if I, if you were my kid, you wouldn't have left the house till you were thirty at least, at least. 
man. You would have yeah, been a spinster. Tried. You would have been a spinster. You would have <laughs> left the house. <laughs> I would have had you chained up in a basement. <laughs> I love that. No, but it's, okay. So any other any other sports? Like, did you try for soccer or or anything? Did were you a tomboy or a girl girl or how were you? So I was the tomboy of the family for sure. I loved cars. I loved anything. My dad, my dad was my idol, still is. I uh, anything he loved, I just loved. So uh, I was definitely the tomboy of the family. But I never really got involved with the, I guess, like American sports. You know, mm -hmm. the ball sports. You know, this and that. We would play tennis. We had tennis courts near our homes, and you know, so we'd play tennis back and forth. I like to uh, envision that I'm like Maria Sharapova or one of the, uh, the Williams sisters. I think that's badass. But uh, yeah, I'm far from it. So. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, you're you're doing okay now. You're doing okay now. I mean, I mean, I put the bottom heart. You, you were great in the in the uh, in in the, your Tequila uh, Sisters uh, uh, reality show and uh, the movie. Uh, what was it? Skyline? Was it? Yeah, so I had a little stint in Skyline and uh, this other film, Chimera. But uh, yeah, the, the, that was as far as my uh, acting career went. Well, so. well, I, now, why? Because, I mean, you know how I go, acting's up and down, you just got to stay with it. And I know the competition's tough, but you've had that personality where you could host stuff. You could, I mean, you just got that, you've got it. You know what I mean? And like I said, when you meet you, you go, yes, I could see you in anything. So, wait, wait, I mean, do you want to pursue it or or what do you want to do? BT, I love you. Uh, do you want to manage me? Do you want to <laughs> talk to people? <laughs> no, I mean, but no, but I mean that. Like, and I, I know it sounds like I'm just feeding you a line of bull, but when you meet somebody who makes that, that, that impact on you, you go, yes, why? I mean, like, I know the business a little bit, and yet it's the ups and the downs, and the, da the downtimes are the times that try you. And you've been through the downtime, and you, you're strong, so you could stick in acting because you can do it. I mean, you are a strong, strong woman. And I mean it from the bottom. We'll get into that, but, and that's what you are. So you could definitely, you could host things. You could be the one, you could be on the prices Right going, showcase set, you know, and just do a little, you know, turn around, like, and, you know, like, you could be the woman for the mountain. And climbing like the Odie Odie, and you could turn like this. Love it! I love that. You could do I that. Might, I might hit them up and see if they're looking for if they're hiring right now. <laughs> no, no, don't even look. You walk in there, and go. I'm, I'm gonna be your next girl. Boom! And you don't even look. Just go. Just walk in. They people, you know, they love pizzazz like that. You walk wow. in like in a hot woman. Ain't nobody gonna stop you. Wait, <laughs> listen. I'm gonna be the next Miss Price is Right, and you go. You understand? They go. Uh, we have a job for you uh, tomorrow at two o'clock. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll be here at one fifty-two. You know, <laughs> I love it. So uh, you know, I did do the acting bit for a little bit, and of course the t the TV show Tequila Sisters. Right. But uh, I started traveling. You know, I decided I kind of uh, hit a fork in the road, and uh, I wanted to be with Nikki. You know, Nikki personally. You've met him plenty of times, and. Uh, he was traveling the world and that was kind of where my life led and where my heart was. So I, uh, you know, followed Nikki. Well, you know what? And, but, and, see, and I was getting to that. I really was. But, you know, I wanted to get a background on you because it was I mean, and I know that and it was no disrespect at all. To Nikki. It really isn't. But, you know, there is. And in a way, I kind of hate that it's like, OK, this is the person everybody knows. And then this is. Uh, you know, the family, but nobody really knows that, you know, they think this is just a pretty face and you're more than just a pretty face. You know what I mean? So, and when I met you and this is, and this is the part where I was getting at and I, it, it's tough for me to say, because it's like, when it was introduced, they go, Hey, this is Jackie. This is, this is Nikki's fiance. You know what I mean? And it's like, I was like, ah, and I didn't know how to react. You know what I mean? It's like, I seen like, Hey, and it's like, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? And it's like, and like I said, and you were so gracious with it and, and it helped me, which I appreciate it. But how do you have people in my situation where like, you don't know what to say? It's like, hey, this is Jackie. This is Nikki's fiance. And I wanted to say so much. And I go, no, dummy, don't say nothing. Just say, hey, nice to meet you. And you don't want to make it awkward. You know what I mean? And I was wanting to know, like, what would you, what do you say to somebody like me who, who's going to meet you and say, hey, this is Jackie. This is Nikki's fiance. And it's like, Hey Jackie, how are you nice to meet you? Or uh, do they go in and start talking about Nikki? Or like, how do they do that? Because last thing I want to do, or I think anybody wants to do, is make it awkward, or they don't want you to, you know, have feelings, or, or they don't know how you feel about that. So it's like, how, how? Help me help. You know, help me help you. Help me. That's what I'm trying to say. 
you know, that's what it is. I think a lot of people, myself too, I, you know, I'll come across meeting someone who's had a tragic loss in their lives and it is a little awkward and you want to feel it out because I mean, we met in a very social setting. So yes. the last thing you want to do is maybe make someone cry or, you yeah. know, like yeah. pick up a sore subject. Um, for myself, I think it's different for everyone. You do have to feel it out. You felt it out. And, uh, you know, now we're able to talk about it and whatnot. Um, cause we do know each other a bit more. Um, yes. But yeah, I, uh, I think just, you know, feel it out. And, you know, if you do want to give your condolences to someone like myself, I appreciate it, you know, and people will come up to me and just say, Jackie, like, it's a pleasure to meet you. I was a big fan of Nikki. I, you know, he's inspired me so much that resonates with me. That's what I love. Okay. I just, I really love to hear that so but I think it's different for everyone you know I think maybe in the beginning it would have been hard for me and I probably would have you know started my eye my eyes might have started watering or you know my heart skip a beat but uh you know in today's time I've been able to handle it a little bit different right and or actually understand understand what has happened and what I've gone through and process it so uh you know I've grown a lot and if someone does bring it up, it's not a complete like emotional wreckage, which is kind of nice. But, uh, you know, I'm able to say thank you so much. I appreciate those kind words. And I love you for loving Nikki. That's literally how I feel. Well, that, that's great because, yeah, like I said, it's it's like it, luckily, luckily in a way that was a social setting because I know me and I talked way too much. Which is it right here. This is perfect for me because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, even if it wasn't in that setting that we met, I probably would have annoyed you half to death. You would have left because, like, this guy talks way too much and you would have had to leave. I mean, ask. I always say it comes back to Chad Reed. If you ever talk to Chad Reed, I've seen him in about six MotoGPs and the look in his eye when he sees me, it's like, hey, what's going on? Like, oh, God, he's here again. And he has to go hide and, and no it's the truth i love chad reed <laughs> but when he sees me you see that look of defeatism like kind of like on rocky through when rocky was fighting apollo and apollo knocked him down and rocky got back up and apollo was like no and that's why chad reed yeah. looks at me so <laughs> so i try to keep my distance but yet at the same time god i really wanted to talk to you and just you know like get to that's why i'm so glad we had this time together you know what i mean because like you said everybody you know Everybody loved Nikki, but I wanted to get to know you. And, and like, and so, and, and we, like, we talked about these yesterday, which I rarely ever talked to somebody before the show. But like I said, I wanted to talk about the good times. And we have people that we've, you know, that have been in our hearts and we left. But honestly, from the bottom of my heart, and the people that have left me, and it's funny, that, and the people I'm thinking about right now are people who have been involved in GP. I always think about the good times. I mean, yeah, there's that sadness, like, oh, they're not here, but... It's the good memories, man, Like that you go, okay. Like the last guy I remember who was, we shared a hotel room during MotoGP. I think the weekend I met you, but he had to leave. And I remember we stayed in the same hotel room, and I'm afraid of the dark. So I leave the lights on. I have to sleep with all the lights on. Yeah, seriously, I'm, I'm a grown-ass man, afraid of the dark. So I slept with the lights on, and we were on, like, the fifth floor, and I opened the, and I, and I opened the curtains. So at 6 o'clock in the morning, the sun's coming in, because i got to be there for FP1 because I'm that kind of dork. So the sun's coming in, and he goes, hey, man, could you uh, turn it? And I go, no. And he goes, okay. And I was just a dick to him the whole weekend. And we and when I think about him, I just think about like, yeah, I was a dick to him, but I had to laugh because that's just how we rolled, you know? And and he made me take him to Dallas to catch a plane. He didn't even ask. He goes, I got to go to Dallas to, get, to catch a plane home. I said, okay. So I had to take it to Dallas. And when I think about him, that's what I think about. You know what I mean? Is that the way you think about Nikki now? First off, am I allowed to ask who you're talking about? Would I know this? Uh, his, name, his name was Derek, Derek Baldwin. Do you remember Derek? He hung around with me, Alonzo, and Derek was just the life of the, me, Alonzo, and Alan. And yeah. Derek was funny. Derek was one of those guys, man, everybody liked Derek. Me, everybody tolerates me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Derek was funny and he stayed with me i don't know how he got there he got there on some some kind of shaky thing whatever we didn't ask he just he showed up so, like we we're like one minute he can't get there next minute he's there like okay there and i picked him up in the airport and he stayed with me and then he goes hey man uh my flight leaves from dallas at 6 30 i go okay and so i guess i'm taking you but it made up for the fact that i was addicted to him for the whole weekend and that's just how we rolled so you you've had to met Derek. Derek was the best man I'm sure, I'm sure, because I know you guys, 
like the crew mobbing around. You guys might have Tyson with you. Yes. And just around the pits. I'm like, I love these guys. They're just cruising and they're just here for racing. And I was the, and I was the ugly one. I was the ugly one in the group. It was Alan. Then when you're with Tyson Beckford, it's like you're the ugly one, and I was the ugly one. I was the, I was the guy with the good personality. You know what I mean, all the girls wanted Tyson, and then Alan has that power pull, and it was me just going, "Hey, girls, <laughs> you want to laugh?" Stop. I was the clown in the group. So, so okay, so so tell us, tell us some, some fun stories about Nikki because I mean that's what we want to hear. You know, it's not a you know and, and honor his memory, of course. But man, we want to hear the fun stuff. Like like how, I know you guys met. Correct me if I'm wrong. You met at A one at, uh, right. at Anaheim, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell tell us that story, man. How'd you meet Nick? Yeah, of course. Um. So. A little side note, all my best memories with Nikki are more at home and, you know, in Kentucky or, you know, in an airport somewhere far from race weekends, you know, race weekends, Nikki's laser focused and, you know, I might like pat his back and be like, okay, have fun out there, blah, blah. I'm like, you go over there, you go, <laughs> you know, cause right. he's just focused and he's a competitor. or you know the the more intimate moments um but anyways I did I met Nikki in 2010 um first couple weeks of January and uh yeah I was with my best friend Jackie she's still a very close friend of mine she lives in New York now um her brother invited us I don't know if you know Donnie Emler he's a part of FMF racing he owns FMF racing and uh so they're a big sponsor for Supercross so I'm out there with Jackie, her brother invited us. And from the corner of my eye, I see someone walking in, uh, in front of us in the row in front of us. And it was the most handsome, beautiful human I had ever seen in my life, honestly, still to the date. Um, yeah. And, uh, I was just like struck and my girlfriend, uh, girlfriend's brother, Jackie's brother, Donnie actually introduced us. So we started texting. I remember, uh, well, we didn't, he texted me when I was leaving the arena so, oh, or nice. the Angel Stadium nice. and said something really cute. He's always been very like funny and witty and sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, I, I have to have that somewhere. I know I have my like old Blackberry or whatever. <laughs> I use. But, uh, was, it love, no, was, was it love at first sight for you? Was it love at first sight for you when you saw him? Oh, for me, I yeah. was like, I know it sounds so cheesy and just ridiculous, but I was blown away. I'm like, that is the most gorgeous person I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, he's going to be mine. <laughs> like, literally. I know it sounds so cliche, but yeah, that was really what went through my mind. Um, kind of funny. I asked Nikki, I was like, come on, Nikki, was it love at first sight when we first met, you know, later on in our relationship? <laughs> And he's so brutally honest. He's like, no, nah, not really. Like, girl. I'm just like, never mind. Like, you sleep on your side of the bed tonight. I'll leave my mind. And like, he, he's so brutally honest or was brutally honest that sometimes it was like very painful. So, <laughs> um, That's beautiful. but anyways, yeah, he ended up messaging me something really funny. And it's, it's very strange. Cause I, I kind of stored, I have a terrible memory, but all of these important moments with Nikki, I like stored in my head or like things that he had given me in passing or like random stuff. Like they were also very sentimental to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was like, you know, some like higher power kind of like setting me up for like what was to come, mm -hmm. you know, because I still have every plane ticket I've ever flown with Nikki for whatever reason. I've never saved a plane ticket in my life but when I traveled with Nikki like my first plane ticket to Europe with him like I have that just like weird stuff like that but anyways back to the night where I first met him I uh, he texted me something really funny and like sarcastic he's like hey so feel free to send me your address I'm gonna do a couple drive-bys and like check up on you or something like that and uh yeah we started texting from then on and emailing and I think it wasn't Skype at the time, I think it was like video iChat or whatever. Yeah. So we'd start doing that here and there. And 
you know, I was super young. I think I was like 19 at the time. So anytime he'd try to video chat me, I would like wouldn't answer on the first time and like go rush and put the makeup on. <laughs> and then like call him back and like full face of makeup. Um, yeah. And then about like six months into it, we'd kind of like hang out when he was in town in California. He had a home in, uh, right up the street from me pretty much. And, uh, yeah, so we'd hang out a little bit. We, our relationship was really just like chatting online and text messaging and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, one day, like six months into it, he's like, Hey, I have to ask you something. What are you doing these dates? And, uh, I, yeah, I told him I was available. I had to beg my parents to uh, let me fly out to Europe to go meet this guy. They barely even, yeah. I had to ask my mom. It was a whole ordeal. Like, mom, boy, like, Nikki, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she had to then talk to my dad. My dad really wasn't thrilled about it. (laughs) I bet. I bet. Yeah. I mean, he, he took you out of he took you out of cheerleading practice. So why would he want you to go across the sea to meet some dude who races motorcycles? And motorcycle guys, honestly, they had that stereotype of we think motorcycles. For some reason, you always think guys in leather jackets and rough. You know what I mean? Always. Yes, absolutely. My parents were very like, wait, what? Motorcycle racing? Like what? Because they never like my dad's been a like indie car fan or like F one fan, four wheels. I never really knew what. MotoGP was until we had met Nikki. Right. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of cute. Like my parents and my family became MotoGP fans because of Nikki. And, uh, and once getting to know him, like I remember bringing him to dinner one time at my house and my parents cooked and whatnot. And uh, you just knew you were in the presence of someone very special. His energy's very amazing. And I mean, thank God my parents met him that one time because then they allowed me to go to Europe with him that first time. And uh, that's kind of where our relationship started. Um, It is where our relationship started. Um, But yeah, it was quite the journey. What did your dad say after he met Nikki for the first time? Like, what what was his uh, thoughts? Like you and him alone, like dad, what you think? What did he say? You know, I I didn't have that talk with him um, after, but in the more recent years, um, after Nikki had left or passed, I uh, I had asked him or he had opened up about it. And my dad's my dad's kind of emotional, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he you know he pretty much what I said. He just knew that Nikki was someone special. You could just tell. You could tell he was a gentleman. You could tell he was someone so sweet and kind and. You know, and he, you could tell he got very shy too, Nikki, the first time meeting my parents. Um, so it was cute. It was very endearing. And, you know, they appreciated it. And of course, asking my dad, I like couldn't even look him in the eye. Yeah. And just, yeah, my, my parents have cute memories too with Nikki, you know, some dinners here. Well, how, about the, that. Well, how about the first time you went to Kentucky? That had to be a culture shock. What was that like? Uh, that was a complete culture shock. <laughs> I like how your face changed. It's funny because I, I went to acting class last night and we talked about facial transitions. And just by me saying it, I watched your face go, "Yeah, that, that was a culture shock." I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was better than what I did acting class last night for my exercise. So tell me what was it like? Mental that note. Part. mental note, okay? That's <laughs> your next acting class. Um, my first time going to Kentucky. So I'm a total city girl. LA city girl grew up in Los Angeles anytime my parents would take us on vacation it was New York let's go to Miami let's go to Europe you know Paris London all the big cities right right. we love so that was my first time visiting I would consider the flyover states so I land in Kentucky I land in Kentucky I'm literally in my like lululemon it was winter time it was December um, I land in my Lululemon like leggings, thin little legging, oh. a leather jacket, in oh. my sandals. <laughs> I don't know what I was, Yeah, I was young, so it's not like I was like, let me go check the weather, not like a responsible human being. Like I would do now, I'm like let me check the forecast for the next three months, see how it's yeah. no, I was just like, all right, I pack my bag full, you know. California weather, it's it's 73, 75 and sunny here all the time. So I was a little, uh, I had to go shopping at Nikki's local, like that was a- At the Walmart, did you go to Walmart? 
Tell me you went literally, to Walmart. You literally tell I, me you went to Walmart. I know that you. was the first time. My time in Kentucky was the first time I've ever visited a Walmart. Yeah. My sister <laughs> moved to Kentucky with me after you know everything had happened, and I took her to Walmart for the first time. It's like mind blowing. Yeah, I'm happy she experienced Walmart with me. That's an experience, time. isn't it? Walmart's an experience, isn't it? It really is. Did you see? Did you see any fights in Walmart? Did you see any fights in Walmart? No fights. No fights. Everyone's very pleasant in Owensboro, Kentucky. I will have to say that. I love Owensboro, Kentucky. I love the people there. Um, but yeah, talk about being at a culture shock. It was, but I loved it so much. Like Nikki's parents live on a farm. They have farm animals. I'm like, I, I was in heaven being there. I really, really, yeah. And, and what was the part that that, that, that uh, resonated with you about Kentucky? Once you settled in, like, okay, this is a little different. I'm going to Walmart. But what resonated when you go, this is, this is okay. Because sometimes it takes a while for you go, you know, to take it all in. And then you go, you know what? This is kind of nice. So what, what part was it that resonated with you? Okay. So the moment I got to Nikki's house, he picked me up at the airport. Mm-hmm. We drive into, uh, drive up to his house and he... Sh- walks not walks me into the bedroom but like shows me into his bedroom and says you can put your bags here and it was so cute he opens up the door and his bedspread his comforter was the the artwork or the front uh you know cover of Scarface the movie like literally like so like I don't know like a 12 year old kid or something like that <laughs> Yeah. That, that's when I knew. I was like, we're meant to be. That's been my favorite movie growing up. I know I sound a little crazy. I told you I was like the tomboy, like anything my yeah. dad like. Oh, but Scarface was my favorite movie growing yes. up. I walked, the whole bed spread is Scarface. I see Al Pacino laying on the bed. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Um, anyway, so that was kind of like a funny moment. My like first moment in Nikki's home yeah. and, uh, you know, and it was very interesting. It's like a total like bachelor pad. Yeah. Just trophies everywhere, helmets, this, that, and you know, so it was cute. That's great. Hey, did he teach you how to ride on the ramp? Did he how to ride a motorcycle? Um, he attempted. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me how that went. Tell me how that went. I'm a slow, I'm a slow learner. Okay. I will admit that. It's okay. Um, so he taught me how to ride his pit bike, his Repsol pit bike. I still have that bike till this day. I like love it. I will cherish that thing. Um, but anyways, it has like the Repsol paint scheme and all that stuff. It's super cute. So he was cycling one day and he has his little route out in the countryside in Owensboro. So he was like, how about you follow me, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of gave me a little crash course. Um, very brief crash course. Yeah. He set me up for failure. I put my helmet on, my little open face Nikki helmet. And uh, yeah, I start following him and I kind of just kept it in second gear just to like cruise. But once a stop sign was coming up or like a red light, you know, in the countryside, it's like, they're, they're just like the red light that's like flashing. Yeah. It's, not like yes. a, it's not a legit like <laughs> red. Yes. Anyway, so I start getting nervous and getting a little squirrely and uh, I ended up like whiskey throttling into... <laughs> into a cornfield and literally I was deep in the cornfield and uh, I just remember Nikki like shouting at the top of his lungs he would call me J-Punk J-Punk and uh, (laughs) he had to come dig me out and I was like literally buried under the scooter and yeah I'm I can't even remember how we got home but it was like yeah he was like all right we gotta take you home like (laughs) you're done you're cut so that was my first lesson How how did you whiskey throttle into a cornfield I mean seriously and you weren't even drunk. How did you whiskey throttle into a cornfield? I would think a MotoGP rider would teach his chick how to ride a bike better than that. I mean, seriously. That's some country shit right there. Because it's like, oh, she just ran into a cornfield. <laughs> exactly. Hey. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> well, you know what, though? But, you know, I grew up in Oklahoma, so it's the same kind of thing, right? Is that the greatest way is if you crash into a cornfield, what are you going to hurt? That's the greatest thing about growing up in the country. People make fun of me being all country. And by the way, my entire family, entire family, except for me, work for Walmart. My entire family, except for me. I'm the only one that got out. You understand? I'm the only one. I love it. <laughs> I broke. I'm breaking the chains around you. Now I'm breaking the. But that's why I said, you know what? No Walmart for me. And I marched out of Oklahoma and I, and I took off the blue and white and I've never I walked I back in. The best. 
I took it off. I go, no, not for me. And I walked out. It was almost like Officer and Gentleman. They go, I ain't going to be no Okie from Muskogee. And I just walked out and I said, no Walmart for me. And I've left that. But the greatest thing about growing up in Oklahoma is you don't know how to ride a motorcycle in the, in the countryside. And that is, that is underrated. I, honestly, that's under. So you crash into a cornfield. Girl, you're one of us now. You understand? You're one of us. You should. Pride in that, by the way. You should you should move here to Indianapolis, right, and become like a um, I don't know one of those girls that weighs a flag, like a flag girl at the Indy Five Hundred. Bring your parents here, seriously. Bring your parents here, right? I mean, honestly, come to Indy. You've already you you already experienced Walmart, and you can, at Walmart, Indiana. Oh my God, yes, girl, you're one of us now. You're one I am. Of us. You're I feel ch- it. You're a children of the corn. So come and be with us. Children of the corn. I love that. Hey, and by the way, no, I'm no disrespect to Walmart and your family that's worked at Walmart. I love that place. Like, I need to find one local around here because they have all the streaming deals. Small plug, shout out to Walmart. True story. True. I lie. I lied you not. And my family's been like, yeah, my mom and dad never really got along. But they're, they're great parents. But as, as mom and dad, they were, I mean, but as husband and wife, they were horrible. So we all got together about 10 years ago. And I swear to God, this is the greatest Christmas ever. We got together. And they told Walmart stories. And it was the greatest Walmart. I mean, that was the greatest Christian we ever had. Seriously. Come on. My mom was like, I remember one time there was a fight there. And my dad, oh, yeah. Oh, really? How about the fight that one time? No, Black Friday. And my mom was like, oh, really? And they got together. We told Walmart stories. My dad told a story how he stopped a dude from, from shoplifting a, uh, a, a, a flat screen TV. My mom told a story how she broke up two uh, ladies fighting. And uh, one was Hispanic. No offense to you. Uh, and she told, she told the story. I mean, it's everything. I mean, Walmart is everything. I'm kind of mind blown about that story. That's that's a beautiful story. No, it's not. It, it's sad. It's actually sad. No, it's it. it's actually sad. It really is. That, 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 that's kind of my, that's my kind of life, though. I mean, and people say like I sometimes I wonder like why you know live in Indiana and true story. Two weeks ago, I'm sitting in a motorcycle dealership and this guy goes, "Man, I have a $600 truck with a $10,000 dirt bike," and I go, "You're my people," and that's the way and that's the way I feel. So you know how we live here. You know how we live. I mean, you got the you got the supermodel looks, but you got the Walmart mentality, and that's what it takes. And that's that's what, what it takes. I believe that. That's like my dad. You know, he's got the he's successful, isn't that? But he still has that like street that good credit and you know, <laughs> you know props to him. Kid from East LA coming up and you know making it. So and I, I that Walmart street mentality. That's what that's what it is, baby. That's yeah. what it is. So. And, and, you can't be uh, like you said. You're like, no, it's a sad story. It's not sad. That's who made you who you are today. And you're, you know, look at you. You're, you should be very proud of yourself. Yeah, only the part you can see. Yeah, until I walk out in my <laughs> my truck, I walk out my truck that has four hundred fourteen thousand miles, and I'm thinking about getting a dirt bike. Yeah, that's my mentality. That's that, that's the Walmart <laughs> mentality. I have a truck with four hundred fourteen thousand miles. It's on the second motor. Uh, I got two tra- on the second transmission, and I'm really thinking like, man, should I pull the trigger on this dirt bike? I mean, that's. <laughs> Shopping for new bikes, bike life. You gearhead bike life people, like, unreal. Okay, what was it like going in that atmosphere when you were like, okay, you're in a new atmosphere. You know, you've never been around motorcycles. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking out of my ass here, but you never, yeah. okay, so you're in that. Did you encompass? I know you're with your man, and okay, you're he. That's what he does. So I'm gonna be with it. But did you learn? Did you grow to love it and, and have a passion for it like he did, or did you admire the passion and it wasn't still wasn't really your thing? You know, I, uh, yeah, I grew to love it and really admire motorcycle racing and anything that kind of Nikki did, like, even I see cyclists on the road and I have like so much respect for them, just like what, you know, athletes these people are and like, you know, what they endure just in their little workouts, you know, cause I saw what Nikki did and how driven and determined he was. And, um, but for Nikki motorcycle racing was his life, you know, that's, that's all he loved and that's all he wanted to do. And uh, of course, you know, loved his family and uh, me, (laughs) but motorcycle racing was everything to him. And I never once I got annoyed with that or irritated with that. I just love that. That was his passion and he was living his best life and accomplishing all his goals. And, you know, that's a, I mean, that's, it blows my mind just to think about everything he's accomplished and, has done for himself and you know he never really worked a day in his life because he was racing motorcycles <laughs>
Well, well, yeah, because that that was his passion. So I mean, okay, so the part that we didn't see, you know, like we, I most most people, we just see like, hey, you know, the hey the the cameras, and, hey, I sign autographs and it. But I, when it's all said and done with, and it's just you and him, maybe after a tough weekend of racing, maybe he had a low side, whatever. Maybe it's one of them weekends that just didn't go right. What did you see that we didn't see that you wish we could have saw? Yeah, I don't know if I wish anyone could have seen, but I know in the beginning of our relationship, we were together for seven years. A lot of changes had, you know, started happening throughout our whole relationship. We started growing. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, especially during Ducati days, I think, uh, so I met him when he was writing for Ducati. Mm -hmm. um, Casey Stoner was his teammate and Casey was doing fairly well. I don't think Nikki was doing as well as he wanted to be doing. Right. Um, you know, on the other side of the garage, it can be politics. Casey Stoner is Casey Stoner. He's obviously going to get the better equipment, the upgrades and this and that. And, uh, you know, the other side of the garage, Nikki might be left with old stuff. And, you know, um, so anyways, I think uh, those were tough times for him. And when I was traveling with him, I, I, I didn't live with Nikki during his stint at Ducati. Um, so I was traveling back and forth. I'd go meet him in Europe or we'd fly out together. Uh, when he would kind of take his, you know, maybe not getting on the podium or having a bad race, falling, you know, not being in top 10, um, would be kind of feisty and like take it kind of hard. You know, so I'd kind of just give him a little bit of space and you know, support him when I could. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a nurturer. So, you know, I, I might've smothered him a little too much, but, you know, just let him have his space. I was good at that as well. Um, but during closer, especially on World Superbike and towards the end of his time at MotoGP, he started uh, just evolving a little bit and taking those, uh, those tough times, like with more ease. You know, just be like, you know what? The, I'm happy. I'm healthy. My family is amazing. And there's always next week, you yeah. know, so he would just kind of brush it off. Right. Uh, I've read stories about 2006, you know, after Estoril, when he, when Danny collided with him, Yes. And he had to, and I didn't read these stories until after, which mm. I wish I would have read these because I have so many questions for him. Right. You know, so sometimes that stuff gets, you know, I'm just like, damn it. I wish I could ask him this question. He could tell me, I could hear it from his mouth, you know? Right, right, right. You know, he, he's always been good. He's always been a, ve a very, uh, you know, not a sore loser, a team player, very strong, determined. So when I read stories about that 2006 season in Estoril, he had to brush it off. He knew. He's like, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. I got to brush off and get my head back in the game and train harder than I've ever trained and this and that. So yeah, Nikki's always been, uh, you know, he's a competitor and sometimes you knew to like, okay, I'm going to give him a little bit of space. Yeah. Um, but other than that, just, yeah, he just, you know, would, wouldn't take it too bad. And it was, uh, he was able to brush it off a little bit and, you know, smile going to, you know, he's always a, a great athlete to have on your team. Yeah. So yeah, people appreciated that. And I did too. Now, now, were you with him when he won that race in world superbike? I, yes. I think it was in Sepang, wasn't it? Was it Sepang? Yeah. I, uh, kind of, I think it was a rainy day, and I just remember watching it back home, and, man, it, you know, it sounds so cheesy, but I swear to God, the times I've cried watching MotoGP, a racer win a race, was when Valentino came back to Yamaha, and he won in Aston, and when Nikki when won in Sepang, I was so goddamn happy. I was like, yeah, and it still to this day gives me like, yes, Nikki. I was so happy. What was that like when he won? Because I know it's so hard. People don't know how hard it is to win a race, and when he won that race, what was it like when he came in? How did you feel? Gosh, well, going up to it, so it's kind of funny. Today is uh, May 6th. Nikki proposed to me in Venice five years ago. I didn't plan this out. I'm yeah. just like, oh, we're going to be talking about Nikki all day today. I love this. And, you know, yeah. May 6th is a special date for me. Mm. Um, he proposed to me in Venice. That was kind of a funny ordeal. Um, and then the next, and then we headed off to... Uh, to Malaysia and he won the next race. So it's kind of like very like, yes, this is amazing. You know, this is, 
I actually enjoyed watching him win in Malaysia more than I did him proposing to me. Really? I, yes. Why? 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 Because because that's I mean, no offense, I, call me a, a chauvinist, but isn't that like a, a, a woman's like ah he did it? I mean, so why why was that more important or you you enjoyed that more than the actual proposal? You know, I just. I loved Nikki so much and his dreams became mine. I, I just, I wanted to see him win another championship, especially, you know, once we start going to World Super, once he joined World Superbike, I just wanted to see that because I knew how important this was to him. Yeah. And that became important to me. Like his dreams became my dreams. So when I saw him win that race, like, I swear to you, anytime, like, I'm one of those, like, oh, you see a shooting star, make a wish. Oh, birthday candle comes around, make a wish. My wishes were to see Nikki win a championship every time, every time. So to see him win that race, it was just so amazing. And we were on cloud nine. Well, I was for sure. Obviously he was, but like I had just gone proposed to, we didn't announce it. Cause I was like, you know, let's, let's take this time to do, you know, enjoy it ourselves. And then you can go to Instagram. But, um, but yeah, he, it was just, that was like my dream to see Nikki win a race. And uh, I got to see, and it was absolutely perfect. Um, I remember watching the race in, uh, in the box. Mm -hmm. I know Nick, his, his right-hand man was right there, his crew chief and everything. And I remember I tore off all my nails. I was so nervous. I was just like peeling my nails off, like biting my lips, just like, Oh my God, he's still, he led the whole freaking race. And it was amazing. And in the rain like I know Nikki just like you know he was great in the rain but like it was it was just the perfect scenario and uh I couldn't have been more happy um that was that's probably one of the most special times in my life that I look back at as well Nikki winning that race which I know sounds crazy wow um, yeah. wow I think yeah. that's beautiful that might be one of the beautiful things I've ever heard I mean that that's wow Wow. Because, I mean, you hear about the women, you know, and getting proposed to, and that's the greatest day of their life or whatever. But the fact that him winning was more important than a proposal because you knew how much that meant to him. You know, I think, too, like, I, I had to take time to, like, digest all this and, like, think about, you know, look at all the positives. I felt like I was married to Nikki. Well, duh, right. you were. You were. You know, yes. I, like, and we were so kumbaya like our relationship in the beginning it was you know a little struggle we would spend time away we did the long distance thing that was tough and you know we would fight and bicker when we weren't together when we were together it was like amazing um you what know, would you so fight about hold on what would you fight about what would you fight about and <sighs> when was it ever your fault was it ever your fault <laughs> i want to hear that was it ever your fault i want to hear a woman admit it's their fault i'm a I'm an LA girl, so. Need you say more. Need you say more. Need you say more. You know, there's a lot to do out here. You know, when I would be home, I would hang out with my girlfriends, and you know, I wouldn't say Nikki was like, "Oh, you can't do that," but you know, you, I don't know, just being young and uh, insecure a little bit. Like I was super insecure, so like. Literally any, I'm a little psycho too. <laughs> no. If no. He, <laughs> no. He would like a girl's post or start following, he would hear about it. Yeah, he would hear about it. I'd be like, who's this? What's her name? How do you know her? Unfollow right now. Yeah. I would joke around with people. I'd be like, his mom's not even, he's not allowed to talk to women. His mom's not allowed to call him. She has to call me and then I will pass the phone over. I like screen all his calls. Nope, nope, nope. Kind of kidding. Kind of kidding. I'm kind of kidding. That's what I love about. I'm kind of kidding. Okay. Okay. I love it. It's, it. You know what? It's that Latin passion is what it is. It's that Latin passion. It's not negative. It's, it's passion. Duh. Yeah. That's, that's what makes you, that's what makes you ladies wonderful. The Italians and the Spanish. Oh, my favorite. I mean that. The, the Italian, I mean, if I, if I ever, 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 ever get married, Italians and Spanish women are, mm. Love it. Okay, ladies, all Spanish women, Italian, you know who to hit up. <laughs> yeah, if you want to ride around in a truck, in a pickup truck with four hundred miles, but and he's had a dirt bike. <laughs> I love the back of the bike way better than the front seat of a car. So, 
Oh my God, I love it, man. But, but you know what? But that's what makes you you. And and that's what, you know what? And, and honestly, and you know, we joke about it, but I think it's that passion that you guys had for each other. And of course, I mean, to me, fiance, whatever, if you're in each other's hearts and you, and, and you said it best when you, and it gives me goosebumps to talk about, but when you said you wanted him, him winning was more important to you than at the proposal, that, that hit me hard. Because that to me shows, yeah, you were married. Because that's love right there. When you're that unselfish, when you're that unselfish, when his happiness overrides what's supposed to be one of the greatest days of your life, wow, that hits me hard. Yeah. And I mean that. You just put that into words for me because I've never really been able to explain it. It sounds crazy. But yeah, seeing Nikki so happy, and he was happy when he proposed, <laughs> I hope, Um but seeing what that win meant to him, yes. that meant more to me than a lot of things in my life. Yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, wow. That's almost stopped me in a way because I, I don't. Eh, wow. And I mean that, man. That's, that is some love that I don't even know, I don't know if I know. And I mean that. And I've been around for a little bit. And I, but it was dark when you saw me, so you can't tell who I am. But I've been around for a little bit. And that, that hits me hard. That's beautiful. And like I said, man, I'm, you know, this is, this is about fun. It's about a good time. And we're talking about good times, but that hits me hard. And I think, and that, that to me exemplifies the love that you guys had and still have, I'm, I'm sorry, have still, no, you still have. And I apologize, but you still have because it doesn't leave. That energy is still with you because they're in your heart. You know what I mean? You still feel them. And I heard you talk about, and this is, and I, I'm going to stop you right now. I'm, I'm, I apologize. But I was listening to you talk about he comes to your dreams. You were talking about him being in your dreams, right? Yeah. And I swear to God, I'm, I lied to you not. Last night, I'm trying to go think about how I'm going to approach this because I'm going, man, I, you know, during the course of me talking, I know I say something that's kind of fucked up. And I go, ah, I don't mean that. And I'm going, okay, I got to be careful what I say. And I swore to you on my life that and when I went to bed, and I don't really dream anymore, but I had a vivid dream that it was – you were, it was your house or whatever. And I was leaving and it was just a talk. I guess I let, and I left your property to talk. And then it was, it got weird because it was like a, these cars and these guys tried to rob me or whatever, but it was weird. But, but it, it was about you and this conversation we're having here. And, and I didn't know this until afterwards, after that dream. And today I'm trying to prep again. And I got to the part in that podcast, you're talking to that woman about he's stealing your dreams. And I was like, wow, that was weird. I mean, you know what I mean? Because in that dream, I, I was talking to you at the apartment trying to, you know, get this ready in the dream I was. So when I left there, then this stuff happened. But it all happened. And then you said that when I heard you said that in a podcast about how he's stealing your dreams and you felt like he talks to you. And you were getting ready for that one podcast and, and you kept seeing the number 69 everywhere. And that's how him, him talking to you saying, I'm still here with you. You know what I mean? And that's what I and honestly, I felt that last night. Because I never dream anymore, and I had a dream last night. So that, wow, man. I mean, wow. But it's but it's it's the good stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's good stuff. It's the good stuff. No, I take that all as a positive. You know, I've never. Uh, I I would love to say oh, I dream about him all the time. It's not. It's rarely. Um, you know, but they've always been beautiful dreams. And maybe when I wake up, it's tough to be like, oh, reality's here. And I know, like, you know, he's not here physically with me, but they've always been beautiful dreams. And he's sent me some messages and I'm not spiritual. I'm not religious. I've never really have been. But after Nikki had left, I think I just kind of like opened myself up to accept these because I didn't want to accept that he wasn't there. And he sends me signs all the time till this day I call it the Nikki effect because even if I start hanging out with friends or like new friends that I didn't even know Nikki that you know they they know about Nikki because I talk about him often um or you know they just know my story they start to see 69 and you know they take it to heart you know they're like oh Nikki's been sending me signs people that haven't even met Nikki and I just love it so much it's the Nikki effect for sure um well, look at my my thing. What funny boy six eight six nine? My YouTube is funny man six eight six nine. So look at that! Wow, wow, meant to be Jackie, meant to be Jackie, meant to be Jackie. The Nikki effect, Jackie. The Nikki effect. Yeah. How, how about this? Before we leave, let's. Uh, how do I say this? But uh, keeping it fun. 
your favorite fun time memory with Nikki? And I know it's a lot, but your favorite fun time where it, 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 that it, it always leaves you like laughing, like, ah, I can't believe he did that, or I can't believe I did that, or we did that. What's your favorite fun time memory with Nikki? Some of them I'll have to take to the grave with me. <laughs> I don't I don't blame you on that one. Okay, okay, okay. Damn this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, let me think. There's so many funny memories. Nikki's a freaking character. I uh, there's never like a dull moment with him. But I'm I don't know why I'm thinking about this moment. Um, I was filming for some movie, uh -huh. and Nikki was in town. So he stayed with me in, uh, in LA. So we're staying in a hotel. My sisters were involved in everything. So we had finished, it was the end of his season. So it had to have been in November. Okay. And uh, he had just got back from Valencia. I was filming, so I wasn't out there. And uh, he came straight to LA, hangs out with me and my sisters for a week. And this guy, like he usually eats like a rabbit, like, okay, a half a salad here, like super strict, just... I mean, I gave him props because I have like a major sweet tooth. So I'm like, okay, did that. Um, but he's so like, yeah, focused and whatnot. So end of his season, he had like, I don't know, a week to like splurge or something. I always loved the end of the season because we had Taco Bell. It was late at night. Oh my God. We had Taco Bell uh, crafty service. You know, when you're on set and they have to bring you food. Yes, so, craft service. Yes. Craft services. So they bring like a smorgasbord of just like crap, like Taco Bell. I don't think, I can't remember the last time I ate Taco Bell. That was probably it. And Nikki went ham. And me and my sisters, we know like how he eats and you know how strict he is. We were like, dude, are, are you okay? Like third taco, fifth burger, literally. He probably had like three or four tacos, a burrito. And we were like shocked. We're like, okay. Um, anyways, we ended up going out after to like some some bar in Santa Monica, just uh -huh. to like loosen up a little bit. Nikki's not a drinker, um, but he's just funny as hell. You would think he was drunk half the time. Um, he starts going up to some like country, this guy, we're in LA, he's wearing cowboy boots, a cowboy hat. And he starts going up to him and it's like, hey, my little sister, talking about my little sister, Catherine, she has, she wants to talk to you, this and that. So this guy starts coming up to Catherine, harassing her. Nikki's dying laughing. Catherine starts throwing salt at him. He was just like, I don't know. They were like kids. When my little sister Kat and Nikki would get together, they were like children. And it was kind of like a nightmare for me. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like hurting cats half of the time with them. I so that. I don't know. That's just a random memory that I thought of. And uh, I have plenty more, but that's yeah, beautiful. I that's yeah, beautiful. I, I, yeah. And, yeah. and my and family loves Nikki. Oh, of course. Well, like, how could you not? You know, how could yeah. you not? I mean, I just remember that. What I remember is uh, be, me being in Phillip Island, and I think he was late getting to the box. And I go, "Hey, Nick, you got to get a picture." And he and he didn't get. It, he was drinking his water, he was like, and he never said a word. He was like, look, and we got a picture together, and yeah. and that's what I remember. I mean, yeah, he was late getting to the box. You could tell, but he still took time to take a picture with me. And that's what I remember. Still took time, of course. You know. That's what I remember. Yeah, great. I love that. Yeah. Before we get out here, I want to ask you. Uh, how's it coming with the, uh, with the documentary on Nikki? Is, is that, uh, is that new works or anything or uh, are they going to film that or yeah, what's going on with that? You know, that's, a definitely a passion project of mine and it's going to happen okay. right now. It's kind of come to a small halt. There's still some logistics that need to be figured out and stuff, but it will happen. I think Nikki's, hey. I'm <laughs> okay. dog. It's a lot of work. Don't get a dog. Um, anyways, I hope she doesn't hear that. Um, no, uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'll need some time. And, uh, you know, the, I'm sure the family's involvement will be in there, which it wouldn't be right if it wasn't. So, yeah, it just, uh, it, will, it will happen. I'm not sure about the time frame, but it will. You know what I was thinking? If you guys did a movie movie, and I and I had the I had three actors involved. If you got if you have to do a movie on, on his life, honestly, tell me if these three actors wouldn't go. Okay, okay, number number one, Channing Tatum to play Nikki. Okay, okay. Channing Tatum, Josh Hartnett. You know Josh oh. Hartnett? I think Josh Hartnett. And here's this is out of left field, but he's got that southern kind of charm. Theo Vaughn. You know the comedian Theo Vaughn? 
No, I don't. I'll have to look him up. Look, he's funny as hell, and he's got a he's got a Nikki a vibe about him. He's funny. He's not as good looking, but he's a funny dude. Very funny dude. And I honestly, I want you to look him up. Matter of fact, you got your phone on you right now. You got your phone on you right now. I do. I want you to look him up. Look up Theo Vaughn. Theo. Theo. Yeah. T H E O. Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N, Theo Vaughn. He's a comedian, but he's kind of got that. He's got a little Southern vibe to him, man. And he, seriously. And he's got a mullet in his main photo. See, I'm telling you. I, I want you to look up Theo Vaughn afterwards, and then you hit me up and go, you know what? That damn BT is right about everything. And then you tell me if that's not right. And what we do is we get we get Brad Pitt to produce it. Brad Pitt's a big MotoGP fan. He's got dough, okay? And then and maybe Bill Burr, he's a big MotoGP fan. He's got a little dough. Tom Cruise, he's got dough. Me, I could bring my truck for craft services, okay? So what we do is we could get this done. So while I'll get one of these three actors, I'll get on it. You get on it, and we're gonna. Get it that's done. my dream. Like this, one of my favorite films too is Rush, the F one film with Nikki yes. Lauda. I love it. The way it's filmed, it's so beautiful. I, you know, it's filmed amazing. So, anyways, I that's kind of where I started. I want to do a featured film on Nikki, but you know, I'm thinking starting with a documentary, then a featured film. Uh, you know, films a little crazy right now, Hollywood, but that that's my dream that would be insane just to just for people to hear Nikki's story and be inspired he's inspired so many people and yes I think uh I think people need to hear his story and you know like what it takes and to he followed a dream yes yes he was a boy that grew up on a dirt road in Kentucky who made it to the pinnacle of his sport that's dominated by Europeans so you know, and just wave that American flag. And it's just a beautiful thing what he's he's accomplished. So I, I need to tell that story. And all, in all honest and seriousness, I think you should get get in touch with Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt's a big MotoGP fan and I think it could get done. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I, honestly, I really think you should get in touch with Brad Pitt, email him or whatever, something. You can get it done. Looking like you, you can get it done. You can get your foot through the door. Trust me, you can. And I think it could get done. I just want to be involved in some of it. You know what I mean? And, and I'm part of it. I really do. I mean, not too many black people model GP. I could be the tire guy. I don't care. But I want to be involved in that. I think it's a story that needs to be told, like you said. And listen, we got to go. But before I do, and I text you before, so I'm going to ask you right now, since you're a big boxing fan who who's gonna win this weekend canelo or bj uh billy joe sanders canelo 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 okay I, he, okay who's your favorite fo- who's your favorite boxer of all okay of, okay at the moment of all time your favorite boxer of all time um i grew up going to boxing fights with my family oscar de la hoya okay yeah really okay okay yeah. top, oscar de la hoya. top five mexican fighters i'm put you on the spot top five mexican <laughs> fighters Come on. Okay. Come on. Uh, De La Hoya, uh-huh. Canelo. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Vargas. Oh, look at you. Fernando Vargas, who hated, who hated De La Hoya because <laughs> he wasn't Mexican was enough. A good fight, though. Like, my parents would physically take us there. I love that. The MGM Grand. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Who else do we got there? You're like, oh, really taking Oh, my God. Out. Mexican fighters? Oh, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Come on. How about, how about see, oh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez? Come on yeah. now. Well, Chavez has the issue with the knuckles. No, you, you, you know, you think about the Margarita who, who who did the fight with. Uh, remember he he put the uh, the plaster caster. Yeah, yeah, that was Margarita. Oh, I hate that guy yeah. for that. I hate that guy. I really do for that. I hate him for that. I don't hate anybody, but I don't hate. I hate no, him for that. Okay. Yeah. That was pretty- but my one of my favorite fighters, your dad might know him because you're way too young. Is I can, a, is call, a- yeah. I can call him for it. Can I phone a friend right now? <laughs> no, <laughs> no phone a friend. Salvador San. Ask your dad about Salvador Sanchez. That's one of my favorite fighters of all okay. time. Ask okay. your dad. And you mean your dad to be like this someday. I think so. I think we will. Oh, yeah. My dad's a boxing fanatic. I actually heard him talking about someone the other day. He's like, heavyweight. This and that. He's going to be great. Um, I can't believe the Mayweather fight that's happening with one of the Paul brothers. Oh, I'm just God. like. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. It's where everything's going. So you just kind of see what happens. But, so- yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear what happens with Canelo. I don't know if I'll watch. I guess I'm not that. Okay. Big of a boss man, but I'll get the highlights from my dad. Okay. <laughs> He'll watch and bet and everything. And, and more. Than, okay. And more than anything, where are you at now in your life? How are you? Are you holding up? How are you feeling? How's everything? I'm doing great, actually. I'm doing great. I'm happy. I've always been very optimistic and look at the positives in life. So you know, that's what I 
to do. And I've, I've grown a lot from this and I think I have a lot of experience under my belt and uh, it's maybe who I am today. And, and you are a woman of your word because I know that when people hit you up, who, who have gone through something, you you hit them back. And that's true. Because, I mean, when people have lost somebody close to them, you have no problem reaching out saying, okay, you know, I, I'm not an expert, but if you want to talk, we can talk. So, And that's what makes yeah. you so, like I said in the very beginning, you're more than just a pretty face. You're beautiful on the inside and even more beautiful than you are on the outside. You're beautiful on the inside, which is what counts. So if you're going through anybody who's going through a, a traumatic loss or whatever, and you have a connection with 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 Jackie, please, you can hit her up and she can't promise it, but she'll hit you back. And I mean that, man. And that's what, man, I just, I love talking to you today and thank you for squeezing me in. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's, it's been, wow. I still have that wow moment when we just had, and it still makes me, like gives me goosebumps. And uh, so I appreciate that. I'm really, I mean, I, and that and talking to you yesterday and just everything. It, this conversation was everything I thought it would be and then some, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Oh, Thank you, VT. You've been amazing as well. Thank you for having me on. Thank I can't wait. Well, everything's all open, and we see each other at a MotoGP, and I promise I want to know you too much. <laughs> I promise I won't. Thank you so much, the great, great Jackie. Oh, J-Punk. Can I call you J-Punk? J-Punk, yes. <laughs> call me J-Punk. I like that. Jackie Marin, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate that. See you later. Thank you, everybody, for watching Tales from a Gemini. And follow Jay Punk at Instagram. And she, like I said, she will hit you back. I appreciate everybody watching. Hit me up with some comments. And even if you don't like it, some criticisms, I don't care. And like I say about this time, you know the word. Pain. <laughs>